Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100wattsandawire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed. While you're there, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can help make 100 Watts and a Wire listener supported. Click the donate page and pick the option that works best for you. We've got a traveling toolkit, 100 Watts and a Wire gear, and more. That's 100wattsandawire.com. And LDG. LDG automatic tuners are built with industrial quality components for safety, durability, and long life. LDG microprocessors run state-of-the-art matching firmware to find a match in seconds. For more information, visit ldgelectronics.com. And Max Gain Systems, your source for fiberglass tube and rod, the perfect material for push-up mast, antenna building and support projects, RF connectors and adapters, highest quality at lowest prices. Visit them online at mgs4u.com. That's Mike, Golf, Sugar, the number four, the u.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, hello to you. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Welcome to all of our listeners from around the world. I appreciate you. I'm coming to you from America's heartland near St. Louis, Missouri, where it is absolutely losing its mind in terms of the weather. Now we talked about We had 67 degrees one day, four days later, 12 inches of snow. Temperature, mood swings. Now all of that snow has melted. It's been raining in the 40s, you know, for the last day or so. Now, where it was just raining 30 minutes ago, it's snowing again. What are you going to do? Not to mention, I don't care what happens in the Super Bowl. Yeah, my February 3rd is just cleared up. I think we're going to do a special event that nobody gives an S about the Super Bowl. How about that? I mean, you got to give it to Tom Brady. I mean, you know, he probably is. It's hard for me to say it. Remember watching Happy Days when we were growing up and Fonzie just couldn't say the words? He is the... I'll give it to him, man. I think, you know... He's the guy. I just can't do it. But I just also cannot root for the Patriots. I've got a problem with this. Because, you know, even back in the day with the great Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan, which I really, really loved Michael Jordan. You get tired of seeing all the same teams all the time. At least I do. You'd see it with the Cowboys and the Steelers and the 49ers and the Chicago Bulls. And now it's the Patriots. And, you know, some people are just going to say you're jealous, man. You're jealous. If I'm jealous of anything, it's that he goes home to Giselle. That's it. I don't care that he can score and beat you in the last two minutes of a game like like it's nothing and all the time. Or that he's 40-something years old and he can still do it at a high level. I don't care about that. It's Giselle. It's Giselle. Damn you, Tom Brady. I'm sure all your talents and skills, and I'm pretty sure the ladies find him handsome. At least Giselle did. 
I'm pretty sure your kids can fly. Wings and whatnot. Be that as it may, I've got no love for the Los Angeles Rams either. No interest. They were here. You know, I'm from Baltimore. Doesn't matter to me. But their owner was a tremendous douchebag. Treated this city poorly. You know, and ended up moving them out. Now, when I was a kid, I watched the football team, the Baltimore Colts, in the snow, load up the Mayflower moving trucks and take the team away from Baltimore in the middle of the night. That's cold. That's cold. So the people here in this part of the country, most that I talk to, they don't want to see the Rams. And I don't blame the players, man. This was an owner's decision to move the team from St. Louis to L.A. and whatever. But I have zero interest. On February 3rd, me and my girls will be watching the Puppy Bowl. We're going to continue the tradition of I don't know if you call it American Mexican food, but like a seven-layer dip and chili and all these things that tear daddy up like 40 minutes after I eat it, just ripped in half. I'm looking forward to that because I have no interest in the big game. None. The super blood wolf moon. Wasn't that sexy? That's very cool. Very cool to me. Again, on that day, that particular day, it snowed. We got a couple of inches of snow. It was very cloudy. Um, it did clear off enough in the evening time that we could see it. And it looked like the blood was coming from the bottom up. And I don't know how it looked to you. But, you know, I didn't stay up very late to see the full, you know, eclipse. But when I noticed it, it looked really cool. Very, very cool. So how are you doing? Here I am just talking away. Tell me a little bit about you and, and uh, what you've been up to. And I'll have a drink of this coffee. The rest of us, let's, uh, let's also have a drink. Mm. I should just walk around with a coffee IV drip. We should make that. Maybe we can market that. We're smart, smart people. I've been chasing a lot of parks. You know, I like... You know, yeah, there's some behind-the-scenes stuff between the parks on the air and the worldwide flora and fauna thing that I'd rather not even get into. Don't get into it. It's none of my business. But I can tell you that probably 85% of my recent contacts have been with folks activating in the park. You know, I like the quick, you know, can you get in there? There's some pileups going on, and then you've got guys that, you know, call for a while, and they're out there in the cold, and I'm like, man, I feel like I should come back to this guy, and it's a quick thing and a thank you, and like I've said before, I don't really have a lot of time to call CQ, you know, looking for somebody to just have a rag chew with and just to run into. I appreciate everybody who does it. I just don't, I don't really do that at this point. I don't do it. Young family, you know, working this gig and a full-time gig. If I sit down and I hear a park anywhere, I'm coming for you. I'm also coming for summits on the air. I appreciate when people get out of the shack and they go and activate. doesn't necessarily even have to be a park. 
I also like special events. I like those kind of exchanges. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about five nine five nine. Everybody five nine five nine. Everybody. I do appreciate my true signal reports. I know if you're out there in the park, it may be cleaner for you to give everybody a five nine. But if I'm a five five, give me the five five. Five five. Everybody five five. That's the B side to my. Hit in Germany, 5959, everybody 59. This is the title, 5959, everybody 5959, everybody bounce with me, bounce with me is the song title. Now, the record executives in Berlin said maybe a little long. I said, I'm an artist, mind your GD business. 5959, everybody 5959, everybody bounce with me is the name. But anyway, look, if I get a 5-5 five five or 4-4, four four, just give it to me. That's cool. I'm going to give it back to you, too, because I understand that you may not like to put in your log. It's much easier to go ahead and put it in there as a 5-9. Too bad. The sea child is giving you a true signal report. But I do appreciate these activations. And I wish I could get out there a little bit more to do it. You know, summit's on the air. The park's on the air. Worldwide flora, fauna. It's all good, man. The politics of things, are it's very annoying. It's annoying in, you know, the world sense. And it gets annoying in amateur radio as well. You know. I'm going to take a break here. Uh, I've got some interesting things coming up. Pastor Joe, you remember him. He's my go-to guy when we need to launch a prayer on behalf of someone who is struggling, someone in need. And I've got a new one for Pastor Joe. I need to dial it up. But Whiskey Alpha 2, Juliet Oscar Echo will join us to talk about traffic nets. And I'm really excited today to welcome, for the first time, Julian. Our special ops this week is Julian Oscar Hotel 8 Sierra Tango November off-grid and grid-down communications. When the dookie hits the fan, I want to be with Julian. Because this guy's out there practicing what he preaches. Off-grid, grid-down communications. We've got a special op with us today, and we'll get to in just a little bit. Let me pause here, pump the brakes. We'll come back and talk about some other things. An interesting article in this uh, month's QST. I want to talk a little bit about that, but mostly get to these guys who've put some stuff together for us, and we'll do that next. In a land where we're all 20 over, this is 100 watts and a wire. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed station, portable and remote. Matching your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. Our generic desktop tuners work automatically with nearly any radio, while our brand-specific tuners are customized to popular models. LDG's zero-power tuners are ideal for portable or mobile use as they consume almost no power at all in their standby state. Some can be powered by internal batteries that last for months of normal use. Our weatherproof remote tuners install at the antenna feed point, greatly reducing SWR losses in the coax. LDG tuners are backed by our two-year fully transferable warranty and our legendary customer service the best in the industry. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. 
Hi, Don Wilbanks, AE5DW here from Amateur Radio Newsline and Ham Nation. And when I'm not being awesome, I listen to Christian Kudnick, K0STH on 100 Watts and a Wire. Who am I kidding? I'm always awesome. The CEO of the ARRL, Howard, WB2ITX, has written an interesting article called The Spectrum of Hams. You can find it in the February 2019 edition or episode or whatever of QST Magazine. Essentially, he's saying one size no longer fits all in amateur radio. He cites the technical folks, people who are into the technology. He also cites contesters and those who like to have a rag chew. Yes, those are a a few, a very few of the shades of interest in amateur radio. I'm glad that the topic has come up. And if there's an exploratory committee looking for a way to reach the next generation. How do we cultivate the next generation of amateur radio operators? How do we develop this interest and keep our great hobby and service alive? Well, Howard, I guess that's a start. Recognizing that there are many shades to this great hobby is a start. It is true. Some of us like uh, the digital modes. Some of us only care about Emergency communication or having an old-fashioned rag chew with our tube amp. Some of us like checking into nets. There's many different layers of interest. He tries to break them down for you there. And I found myself thinking, look, is this about cultivating the next generation? The question always comes up. I've even been asked to come on a couple of shows in the ham radio media landscape, if you will. See, child, talk to us about how we can. How, what do you think? How do we reach the next generation? You need to ask yourself a couple of important questions. What's your motivation? If you're the ARRL, what is the motivation for you to cultivate the next generation? Ah, that's right. You want members, right? They're paid members. Cultivating a new audience, a new generation will perhaps raise the interest and membership, right? Of course. I mean, I'm sure people were there who really saying, we really need to cultivate this great hobby. We need to do this. Of course, people who sell us things are interested in cultivating a new generation of new hams. Why? They got to sell us stuff. There's a motivation there, right? We see that. Now, to your average ham, your average ham is not reading. I probably wouldn't have read this. In fact, this was in my recycle bin until I was uh, alerted to this article and a couple other things. I said, all right, let me go ahead and look at it because, it, you know, I don't always look at it. It's a lot of advertising. It's a lot of it. Good for them. Good for them. But the article Howard puts together is at least taking a step to say, let's talk about it. Are we really going to talk about it? This is what I'd like to know. Are we really going to discuss this? And what's your motivation? I'd like to have that conversation. So, Howard, you're always welcome. We could have a conversation here on 100 Watts and a Wire. I'll work it out. If you're up in the middle of the night, we'll talk about it. So I look at what your motivation is, and of course we can see membership increasing and continuing membership in the league, which I am a member, a paid member, ever since I was licensed, I joined the league. 
I also stay as a member of the league because I have this platform and I like to be able to talk about things. Now, the folks who are selling us things, of course they need to cultivate this. There's some really high-end radios and some really high-end test gear from watt meters to tuners to everything you can imagine. And then there's some things at the entry level that you can get and buy. And maybe you've got to buy things several times. Who knows, right? But there's a motivation for those people to cultivate. They've got to sell you the microphone with the Chinese element and the noise blanker put on top of it and give you more of that juice and more of that stuff that you don't understand. But you got to have that. There's a motivation to sell. If you're really looking at, and even if that is the only motivation, is a selfish motivation, perhaps there's some that really, 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 really want it to be passed on. I can tell you on the radio, most of these people don't care. When they bite it, they're done. Done. You know, cultivate the next generation, whatever. Even if your motivation is to only sell to people, there's some very simple things that you may be missing here. This is a good start and a good, you know, conversation starting piece. But remember on this day when nobody else is talking about this and they're just too afraid or maybe it's something inside of them that can't get to this point. If you really want to, and even if your motivation is only to sell us stuff and to have us buy into your memberships, if you really want to preserve this hobby and this great service and you want more people to come in and you want it to grow, you better figure out the way to reach women and people of color. That's right. I said it. Let it be the first time you've heard it or even thought about it, but at least think about it. If you really do, and even if you have a selfish motive, which I don't know if the ARRL and these people selling, not everybody has a motive to just sell you stuff and increase their membership. But if you want to keep something alive, try looking at people who don't look like you and trying to get them in there. Try to get them interested in this hobby. Women and people of color. If you live your life, and I'm not saying anybody does, if you put women and people of color on a different plateau than you, you got a problem. Figuring out how you get women and people of color interested in this hobby to sell them your stuff, that's your problem. If you really want to keep it funky and you want to talk, call me up. Why is this community growing? Because it's inclusive. Your boy invites everybody in the door. If you want to move this in the right direction into the future, look at women and people of color. You want to grow something? Try mixing it up a little bit. How you do that? Well, that's your problem. My door is open. Sweeping the spectrum. This is 100 watts and a wire. The new MFJ2100 is here. It's the Octopus Antenna Hub. It can turn your ham sticks into four fully balanced dipoles in minutes. You can mix and match any four HF, VHF, and UHF bands. Simply screw in, say, 80, 40, 20 meter ham sticks and a dual 2 meter 440 whip on opposite sides. Now you have an automatic band switching five band dipole. It works at any height. Low for local NVIS and high for DX, and say at a fixed height, 20 or 30 feet, use 80 meters for NVIS and 20 meters 
for low angle DX. It mounts on any mast up to one inch in diameter. You can use a fiberglass pole and a tripod and you're on the air. It's perfect for casual portable operation or if you have limited space, HOAs, you can take it to field day or camping. It has a single coax feed with a built-in ballon. And what's more, your ham sticks break down to four feet for easy storage. Visit mfjenterprises.com for more information about the Octopus Antenna Base, the MFJ2100. That's mfjenterprises.com. From wireless to Wi-Fi, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Let me just give you a final thought on that information I passed on to you about saying, look, the door here at 100 Watts and a Wire remains open. It also swings both ways. If you believe in what I said, of course, you stay and you come. If you don't believe, you've got a fundamental disagreement with what I said about inclusiveness and amateur radio and life in general, you need to go. You should go. This isn't the place for you. Everyone is welcome. You're welcome to stay. But if it goes against the grain for you, then go ahead. The invitation stands. Everybody's welcome. And you're also welcome to go if that's what you need to do. Alfred K. Newman, he was one of the last of the Navajo Code talkers. I meant to talk about this last week. He died in New Mexico at the age of 94. He was among 400 Navajo who helped defeat the Japanese during World War II by developing an unbreakable code for military transmissions. Godspeed, Mr. Newman. Thank you for your service. 94 years old. What a life. He served in the Pacific Islands with the U.S. Marine Corps. Now, I got a couple things I want to get to. One, I may have to hold over. I've been talking for so much. We've got special ops coming up with Julian. Let's take a look inside of what it's like to be net control for traffic nets. Here's Joe. Pastor Joe, W-A-2-J-O-E. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Calling UCTN, calling the Union County Traffic Net. This is WA2JOE, your net control. Hi, this is Joe Hughes, WA2JOE, talking about nets. Not fish nets or hair nets, but traffic nets. What's a traffic net? A net is nothing more than a time of day and a radio frequency where a group of amateur radio operators can meet to send messages on their way across town or around the world. Today we're going to talk about local traffic nets conducted on local UHF or VHF repeaters. Routine messages can be birthday greetings, license renewal reminders, or other messages. In times of emergency, the messages can consist of reports during severe weather, health and welfare, and other messages. Traffic nets on local repeaters can perform vital communications functions when power and communications infrastructure has been affected. Remember, when all else fails, there's always amateur radio, a good reason to be familiar with the traffic nets in your area. Any mobile or portable stations wishing to check in to the Union County Traffic Net with or without traffic, please call WA2JOE. WA2JOE, please copy. Kilo Delta 2, Juliet Romeo India, KD2JRI. That would be Billy and Scotch Plains, portable, no traffic. Good evening, Joe, and everybody on the net. And back to the control. WA2JOE, please copy Kilo Delta 2, Bob, Lima, Romeo, Gary, portable and union, no traffic. 
WA two JOE, please copy Kilo two Charlie India Victor. This is Tony in Staten Island. I have no traffic. Good evening, Joe, and good evening to everybody on the net. A local traffic net is a great way to get to know other hams in your area. All it takes is a technician class license to work the local repeaters. So a traffic net is a great way for newly licensed hams to get on the air, make contacts, and gain valuable experience. You know, I've made friends with several folks on the Union County traffic net, one of several in my area, and the net for which I serve as a net control operator. I've gotten together with a few local operators I've met on the net, traded equipment, and attended ham fests. And we also support each other in times of personal need. Remember, you're on a local repeater, so many of these folks live nearby. All right, great call up. And the Union County Traffic Net would like to acknowledge the following stations, all with no traffic. KD2, JRI, Billy and Scotch Plains. KD2, PLR, Gary and Union. WB2, PTV, Dom in Point Pleasant, followed by K2CIV, Tony in Staten Island. KC2, PDO. Before you check in on a net, it's a good idea to just listen for a few sessions to get the hang of the rhythm of the net and the protocol for checking in. Some nets are very formal and some are less formal than others. Give a good listen to get a sense of the character of the net. Remember that nets are run by volunteers. Consider becoming a net control operator to support a local net. This is excellent experience, especially if you're into emergency communications, and a great way to give back to the hobby. It may seem a bit intimidating at first, but the net managers always provide a script with the open, close, and the call-up wording. Once you get the hang of it, it's easy. You know, I love being a part of a local traffic net. I've gotten to know many of the hams on the net while staying sharp in case of emergency. This has been the Union County Traffic Net. This is WA2JOE, your net control station for this session of the Union County Traffic Net. The next net session will be tomorrow evening at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. This net is now closed at 1024 p.m. Eastern Time, and the repeaters are now returned. To Looking for a net in your area? Check with your local club or do a web search. The ARRL website has a net search page. Listen on local repeaters. Popular times for local traffic nets are 7.30 or 8 o'clock p.m. local time. There are several resources for information on the national traffic system and message handling. Do a web search for the National Traffic System Manual and ARRL message format. Check it out and let me know how it goes for you. For 100 watts and a wire, I am Pastor Joe, W-A-2-J-O-E. My thanks to Pastor Joe. And again, please keep me on the prayer list and light a candle for me on Sunday. Oh, Lord, you know I need it. Really excited to introduce you to Julian, Oscar Hotel, 8 Sierra Tango, November, our special ops of the week, off-grid and grid down communications. You may know Julian from his YouTube channel. Look up OH8STN. He is the real deal, and I'm excited to have him with us here today. Hello, everyone. This is Julian, Oscar Hotel 8, Sierra Tango, November, and I'm coming to you today on behalf of 100 Watts and a Wire. I was first licensed in 1998, and in those days I was very much interested in VHF, UHF, and SHF weak signal work, as well as satellite communications. 
As a child, my main interest in communications was shortwave radio, and I listened to broadcasters like BBC World Service, Swedish Radio, Radio Finland, and others. Even back then, I understood I had a passion for portable radio communications, but it would take some time before that passion would be realized. Around the year 2000, I was working between Egypt and Switzerland, and when the Yezu FT817 came out, I realized, wow, this is definitely going to be a nice portable radio for me. Now, back then, just like it is today, the Yezu FT817 was an excellent radio, all mode, all band. You can do almost anything with it, but the battery life was horrific. Like most other operators, I grew tired of waiting for Yezu to come up with a solution to the Yezu FT817's battery problem. So I decided to do something about that battery problem myself. That's what spurred my interest in portable off-grid power for communications. I can assure you there's almost nothing more frustrating than hiking or climbing someplace in the Alps. You get there with your radio, and your radio has no batteries. Now, portable power for casual communications really isn't a big deal. At the end of the day, when we're operating casually, if something doesn't work, it's no big deal. We go home, we come back the next day and try again. Unfortunately, life really isn't that simple when it comes to emergency communications or critical communications for preparedness. Anyway, regardless of what type of communications we're interested in, there are some things that we need to consider when we're putting together our portable power strategy. So, portable power is one of those areas where everyone and their grandma and their dog and their brother and their cousin has an opinion. In fact, there's some truth to most of the opinions we hear. Even so, that doesn't necessarily mean those opinions are the ones that are helpful in putting together a practical portable power strategy. In the old days, brief outings were the name of the game. I mean, realistically, people were not trying to take HF radios and full stations out on hiking trips or through hikes. But natural disasters like Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico changed everything. Ham radio operators were now being deployed in crazy places where they hadn't been before. But Hurricane Maria wasn't the first example of amateur radio operators needing to be deployed. There was also the Nepal earthquake, where amateur radio operators were also deployed to the field. Traditionally, for critical emergency communications, we used gasoline or diesel generators. That methodology worked fine when you had a logistics network to deploy them. But when you're just an operator trying to put together a rapid deployment station for yourself, for whatever reason, casual or emergency communications, that whole diesel generator thing just isn't going to cut it. Especially when we start talking about days or weeks at a time. So, before I start rambling on just a bit too much, let me tell you why I'm talking to you here on 100 watts in a wire. Now, when we start talking about reliable, portable power for communications, there's quite a few considerations. We need to consider how long we want to operate, how we're going to recharge if we want to recharge in the field, how much output power are we going to run. Is our portable power system going to interfere with communications on HF? Would we like to simultaneously charge and discharge our system? And even something as practical as, are we going to carry it man-portable or deploy it from a truck? Which brings me to another couple of questions. 
How do you want to use this portable power system? Are you going to be climbing a summit for summits on the air? Are you going to be deploying MAM portable for emergency communications or preparedness? Or are you using a portable off-grid power system as a battery backup system for your home station? There really are no right or wrong answers. There's only the operator's perspective. And keeping all of this in mind, what we really need to understand when planning our portable power strategy is what we're actually going to do with it. So once you understand what you want to do with your station, you can start to plan what type of portable power system you're going to need to power your station. So for 100 watts in wire, we're going to talk about battery packs. We're going to talk about battery chemistry. We're going to talk about solar charge controllers and solar panels. We'll also be talking about power distribution, relays, and power management for our portable power systems. I think that's enough of my rambling for today, guys. So, for 100 watts in a wire, this is Julian, Oscar Hotel 8, Sierra Tango, November 73. Until the next episode. My thanks to Julian. I look forward to hearing what he comes up with for us in February. Off-grid and grid-down communications, very important, and he takes it seriously. I'm going to make that my final, friends. Thank you to all of you who are listening around the world, whether you're a subscriber to the show at 100wattsandawire.com or listening on shortwave. We invite you to visit our website, get yourself a 100 watts ID. You can even ask for the toolkit if you like. It's all there. And in this fast-paced, ever-changing world, Take care of yourselves, take care of your families, and by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.